0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So anytime we have a chance to meditate um, or anytime we have a chance to be mindful during our daily life, we have this opportunity to notice what's happening right now. And to notice how what's happening may seem to remain the same for a while, hang out, you know, just really persist. Or how what's happening shifts and changes. Or how something is no longer happening. Um, So the Buddha, being the great physician and helping us notice what ails us, first offers us the opportunity to see where we struggle see where we have difficulty. And when we're first starting this practice, sometimes the difficulty is even noticing anything at all. We can start off and and the mind can be so slippery, it's like, what am I doing again? What am I supposed to be noticing? I'm I'm really not sure what's happening. It takes a while for the mind to settle down enough to notice the body, for example, notice how uh, the body is, and then notice how the mind takes that and is either you know okay with how the body is or reactive to how the body is it takes a while to notice how we are in terms of emotions or um feeling tone whether thing it takes a while to notice whether we're taking things as pleasant or unpleasant and whether we're or neither, and whether we're really highly reactive to things being unpleasant, or we have to have things that are pleasant. It takes a while to notice the state of our mind. So our mind can be really present here, it can be distracted, it can be foggy, it can be sleepy, it can be uh, tortured with rumination, it can be all kinds of mental states going on. It takes a while to tune into that. Then it takes a while to notice when the mind's going places, where is it going? (laughs) What is it actually doing? Uh, What is it preoccupied with? Where does it like to hang out? Um, So this is this process uh, of seeing the suffering or stress gradually tuning into, okay, what is, where do I have difficulty? Where do I struggle? Seeing it, being with it, getting to know it really well, being patient with it, um, until you're an expert in how it works and maybe start to understand some of the conditions that bring it up, some of the reactivity in the mind that make it into trouble. And then takes a while longer to see it come to an end or see little moments of it not being there. So this this really dovetails with one of the factors um, of the Eightfold Path called right effort, Um, wise effort. Noticing what's going on with ourselves and noticing if it's unwholesome or unhelpful. And then if it's unwholesome or unhelpful, abandoning it. Learning how to drop it, learning how to let it go, learning how to not indulge it. Cultivating what's wholesome or what's helpful to us. We're doing that by coming to this meditation center and sitting. And then trying to keep going with that, coming back to that again and again. This is right effort. It's, it's, I love the simplicity of it. It's noticing disease, disease, abandoning dis-ease, picking up what's a cure, what's healthy, and keep coming back to what's healthy. But, you know, it sounds simple, but it's really hard to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, what's underneath some of the unwholesome stuff that gets going in us is is really interesting. Sometimes we don't even know we're in something unwholesome. I just emerged from several years of something that I didn't know was unwholesome that I was doing. Um, I knew that at some point uh, my partner wanted to move out of this area, and I did not know how on earth I was going to do that. I thought, there's no way, I can't, I can't leave here. I can't leave this meditation center. I can't leave these teachers. I can't leave these clients. I can't leave these friends. I can't leave beautiful California with this climate. This is where I have to be. So what was I going to do? wasn't, I'm I'm not going to get a divorce over it. You know, what am I going to do to resolve that we would leave with I can't leave and the oddest thing happened I would work on the problem a little while try to think of all these solutions to it try to come or, or just struggle with it resist it I'd do all these different things the mind periodically you know periodically I would just leave it alone like maybe it'll solve itself <laughs> maybe it would um, but I just keep, kept coming here year after year practicing going what am I going to do not knowing what I was going to do. And then I made the big move. Guess what? It's fine when I'm there and it's fine when I'm here. It's fine. There's no problem. (laughs) Okay, I can't tell you what a shock that was after years of struggling with how am I going to do this. It just fell away and it wasn't a problem. So what I saw was how I was identified with how I was attached to, how I was clinging to the idea of this is it, this is home, this is how it has to be. So this kind of speaks to conditioned habits. It is amazing how these prefrontal cortexes we have in our, you know, part of our mind, how it is so good at pairing this thing and that thing and making it a habit or a preference or a Uh, association and identification so my prefrontal cortex has done a great job of thinking that a particular place and a particular set of routines was me and what I had to have was you know this was Liz and this is what Liz had to have Um, so amazing I go someplace else and there's a different set of things that pair up and you know habits and rituals and it's also fine There are people living in all different places, all over the place, with all different conditions. And if we come to cessation of suffering, it's not a problem. But we have these stories, we have views, we have ideas about how things have to be. And that's a big area, this, you know, uh, how we struggle is with our ideas, our concepts, our stories of how things have to be. Um... So this is one of the things that we have to get to know really well and they can be so subtle. You know, I've had the experience of sitting here and thinking nothing was happening Um, and just having the view oh well, I I don't feel anything strong there's no real strong thing showing up in my mind right now so nothing must be happening in the practice. But you know what? A lot is always happening it's just that we don't always know We don't always have all of the information about it. We're, we're, you know, there are a bunch of ways that we uh, have paired things and think that things are a problem when we first start the practice. One of the common ones is other people are the problem. You know, if I had just gotten a different set of children, parents, partners, bosses, co-workers, friends, things would be better. It's really that... I've got these people and I've got to trade out for some new people but you know it's our reactivity to what's happening and by the way it's not that there aren't people in our lives who are harmful or pressureful or unreasonable I'm sure we each have a, a, some of those but it turns out they're not the problem it's what we're doing in our minds with it that's unwholesome that's suffering that's the problem I had this early experience with this practice that was really funny in this vein. I didn't know how you were supposed to do meta practice, loving-kindness practice, so I just read, you know, the phrases you are supposed to say, and I did them for a difficult colleague, and then I did them for me, and then difficult colleague did them for me, difficult colleague me. And after a while I was like, wait a minute, it's how we're alike that's creating all the difficulty. <laughs> I'm the problem here, you know. So that was really instructive in realizing, you know, other people are not the problem. It's my views, my attitudes that are going about it. You know, I just told you about learning that circumstances are not the problem. It's not whether you live here in your preferred house with your preferred friends, with your preferred Dharma center or somewhere else. It's ideas and views, um, a lot of us have learned through our lives that we've, we've developed really strong habits of needing to control things, wanting to control everything, trying to make things work just so. If only I work harder, things will turn out well. If only I do the right things, my life will turn out well. If only I say things just so, that other person will be nicer to me, will be more reasonable um and if we drop the need to control it's amazing we find out we can just meet what happens i i went through an experience over a little over a year ago of somebody in my life being seriously injured very seriously harmed by someone doing a hit and run and what i found was i did not have control and it that in itself was not a problem. I could just meet what was happening. I had, I had no choice. I had to meet what was happening, meet what was happening, be with what was happening. And the practice, all the years of practice of sitting here, sometimes knowing that I was having difficulties, sometimes not knowing, just continuing to show up and notice what was arising, persisting, passing, absent, all those years helped me through that, helped me show up for whatever was happening and just be with it. Another big view that we all have is, I'm the problem. <laughs> if I weren't defective, if I were a better meditator, if I were, j- if I just get good at this, er, life would be great, everything would be solved. You know, if I didn't have this body, or if this body weren't this way right now, having injuries, or aging, or too thin, or too heavy, or too this, or too that, if only I didn't have this body. If only I didn't have this set of difficulties in my mind. You know, if only I weren't a greed type, if only I weren't a type that wants things to be different and hates everything. If only I weren't the type that is uh, doubtful or confused. I'm the problem. But if we drop, we're not only not our weaknesses, we're not our strengths, we're not our abilities, we're not our disabilities. It's a lot bigger picture than that. And if we drop the self-judgment and notice the absence of that, wow, tons of space opens up. And it doesn't, by the way, we don't make these things happen, but if we keep showing up here and keep showing up in our lives and practicing mindfulness and noticing unwholesome states, seeing when we can drop them and cultivating what's wholesome, feeling into, huh, that afflictive difficult thing is no longer happening. It's not the other people that are the problem. It's not me that's the problem. It's not my circumstances that's the problem. The more we can feel into that, ah, huge space opens up. A lot of freedom. The little moments of freedom, big moments of freedom open up that we're free of all that. We can feel what it is not to have those views. Not to have those difficulties. And that's the beginning of noticing what it is to be free of them. So, this cultivating and maintaining the wholesome um, is part of noticing when afflictions are not or difficulties are not here. So, for example, right now, just check in with yourself. Is, are you feeling greedy? Is greed present with you right now? It's amazing sometimes to sit here and go, wow, there's no greed. There's nothing I want or need right now. Or there might be. There might be like, mm, I could, next time I'm going to have a better meditation. There could be a little greed. But sometimes there's no greed. Is there any aversion present? Is there anything you're feeling ill will towards, pushing away, disliking, hating, wanting to be different right now? Often when you're sitting here, not, Not really. Things are okay. There's no difficulty. Is there any doubt right now in yourself or in the practice? Sometimes, no, no doubt. So I'm just going to invite you to continue to check in with yourself when you meditate, when you're mindful. Notice sometimes when there's no problem. (laughs) And feel into, ah, no problem. No greed. No aversion. No doubt. No delusion that I'm aware of. (laughs) But give me a few years and I'll find one. (laughs) Like I did with the moving situation. So I liked this quote and I'll end with this. Um, It's by an author who I haven't read but I ran across this online. Um, The person's name is Kamal Ravikant. The things I carry are my thoughts. That's it. They are the only Wait. my thoughts determine whether I am free and light or burdened so my hope for everyone here is that we can drop the burden and feel when the burden's not there and that will benefit all the people around us too because if we're not dragging around our burden and we can feel a little piece of freedom then maybe we can offer some of that kindness and compassion and lightness to other people so thank you